this week's Parsha, Parsha's Bayera, where Shlomo starts off talking about the Malachim, about the angels, and about Avram Avinu. And, you know, if you read Rishon, you should have an obvious question, which basically is, why do we need this whole story? If the point of the story, when you're reading the text, you always have to ask yourself, what is the Torah trying to convey here? So the other thing the Torah wants to convey that Hashem made a promise that I'm going to give you a child. That's all you really need. And God came down and sent angels, and the angels promised that you're going to have a child who's going to descend, you know, be your descendant. Very nice. But instead, we have this long story about the angels, the men who were sent down, and Avram Bina runs to greet them and says, please, 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 I want to host you. And then he runs and gives them cake and gives them uh, meat, and then finally they, they reveal that he's going to have a child. Very nice. So it's a great story, but like, why, why is the Torah bothering to tell us this story? So Shlomo says like this. I believe it's on page 19 of Holy Brother. Let's see if I know my, my Holy Brother. Geval. So it's like this. When it, when is it, when is it, what is it to really have a covenant, a bris with Hashem? What Shlomo is darshaning on is the fact that last week's Parsha, we talked about Avram Avinu getting a bris. And then we have the story of the angels. So what's the, what's the idea behind it? What's the connection between the bris? Rashi, as you guys might have noticed, connects him. He says, Avram Bidu just got a bris, so Hashem was visiting him and doing Bikr Choylim. But Rishlomo is going a little bit deeper. It says like this. A lot of people have a covenant with God, and they are God drunk. Right? They love God all day. They think about God. They're completely with God. But they're not world drunk. They're not in love with the world. They're not in love with people. They don't see people anymore, especially if those people are pagans, according to their theory. In other words, if they're a bunch of desert dwellers, Arabs, who are just walking through the, the, the... They don't care. That's not my people. I only care about, you know, Orthodox Jews, for example. A person who has a true covenant with God has to be completely aware of every little pagan in the world. So to have a bris means to care about every little person in the universe. And how do we know that? Can you guys guess? What's the proof that to have a bris with Hashem is to care about every little pagan? I think what's the first thing that Avram does after he makes a bris? He goes out and he sees those Arabs and he says, Oh, I care about you and I care about you and I care about you. Exactly. A person who has a true covenant with God has to be completely aware of every little pagan in the world. If Abraham would not have welcomed the three angels who were disguised as pagans, he would have never had Isaac. Right? It was a pretty daring thing he's saying. And the only reason he got the bracha to have Yitzchak was because he went out and cared about those little Arab uh, pagans walking through the desert. I could argue on something between you and me. I could say, no, God already promised him he was going to have a child. It just would have happened a different way. But the, I would say the fact that the Torah Dafka had the child... Uh, come to Avram through Hachnasas Orchim, through Avasabriya, through love of creatures, shows that the covenant, that the essence of the Jewish people, the Yitzchak, the, the, the lineage is all about this love that we have to have for the rest of the world. Yeah? And there were, anyways, he says, if Avram went to care about those pagans, there never would have been Isaac, never been the Jewish people, Messiah wouldn't have come, and the world probably would have been destroyed one way or another, in the words of Rukhsun. So, Gevald, in other words, what he, he, he's brilliantly saying is that we need to care about the world. Tikkun olam means to, to, to not just care about us, but to care about the whole universe. Yeah? 
So now that's that's the Torah. That's the teaching. So many many of Rosh Hashanah's stories involve this, but I want to tell a story about Rosh Hashanah himself, or maybe a few stories. Let's see what comes down. Okay, so let's start with this story. Um, so Rosh used to live in Manhattan for for part of his life, and he used to walk down West End uh, Avenue. Actually, my brother lives right there nowadays. And um, at his funeral, he had throngs of black chevra who came with the Orthodox Jews. There's all these, you know, black guys. And they, they, they asked him, what's your connection to Rav And they were crying. They were literally crying. So black said, Jews or black non-Jews? No, black non-Jews. Just black. random black guys. And also white guys, but, you know, all sorts of guys. But, um, so he's like, they were kind of like, do you... And then, and they thought, oh, Rishon was famous that he would support a lot of people with his money, and he'd keep people off of booze and drugs, and he would, he would support them. He's like, you guys, you want, you want money? Is that why you're crying? You want us to support you? And they're like, no, it's not about the money, man. Who's gonna sit with us at two in the morning and take our hands and hold our hands and play guitar with us on West End Avenue, if not for that rabbi, Shlomo? Right. So that's one story about Rishon. Not just caring about the news, but also caring about everyone. I'll tell you a few more. So there's a... Uh, Rosh used to do concerts, of course, and he was in Russia once. He was in Yugoslavia doing a concert. And he finished his concert, and he was taking a walk down, seeing some beautiful sights, and he sees this guy crying. And Shomo would never pass up a person crying. He says, what's wrong? And he says, um, no, you, don't, you won't understand. He says, please, please. So he says, well, I'm my parents' last chance to be a doctor. And I made medical school, but I don't have enough money to pay for the flight to get to school. And he's like, how much do you need? 150 bucks. So Shomer like starts fidgeting in his pockets, like trying to take this check out, this dollar, this coin. And in the end, he gets 150 bucks. He says, here, take this. And the guy says, no, I, don't, I, don't, I won't be able to pay it back. He says, no, no, it's, it's a gift. It's, it's not a loan. He says, no, no, I, I got, I got, I'll pay it back eventually. So he says, okay, brother, brother. And he takes his, uh, and he takes his letter, his name down, from Karlbach, whatever, West End Avenue. Like 10 years later, he gets a letter in the mail, Shlomo gets a letter in the mail, $150, and this doctor from Yugoslavia, and he says, I would be nothing if not for you, Shlomo. He didn't know it was a big rabbi. He just thought it was, a, you know, some dude who really cared about every single person who he met, you know? Uh, a few more stories. So, uh... Shlomo used to go to prisons, right? And, um, of course, his main goal when he was going to the prison was to visit the Jewish inmates, and he would travel hours, even not not get paid, and he, he, he would visit everyone. But, of course, once he was there, he'd also invite all the non-Jews to the concert, and, and they would come, and they had a great time. At the end of one concert, so um, a, a big burly black guy comes up to Shlomo and he says and he's like looking kind of shy and he's like he's not sure what to do with himself and Shlomo's like yes can I help you and he's like uh can, can I get a hug and Shlomo says oh for sure he gives him a big hug mamish a long embrace a lot of love and by the end of it he's crying he's crying this guy in prison he says, if someone would have hugged me like that years ago, I never would be where I am today. It's just one person would have given me that love, that hug. And that was a Shlomo's thing. Mama should give everyone love. And 
to a crazy extent. Mamish, he would he would have concerts. Sometimes there was 500 people waiting at the concert. He went from every single person and said, "Hey, how are you doing?" Give him a hug. Give him some energy. Give him some personal, you know, love. And it didn't matter if the concert started two hours late, three hours late. Sometimes that time, sometimes people got annoyed at him. <laughs> That's why we still tell stories about him because it's a bit crazy. Nobody else does that, right? with <laughs> them afterwards. But uh, but Rosomo really that was his thing about the personal love and connection to every single person that he ever interacted with. And I don't I've never heard of any person, Jew or non-Jew, that has that much love in his heart. Um, tell one more story, maybe uh, maybe a little bit of a controversial one, um, uh, but it's it's a beautiful one. Uh, and Rosomo actually tell. Uh, Tells us, you know, tells a lot of stories like this also. But it was his life. So he he also, of course, did did prisons in Israel, and he was once in, in the eighties invited. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's got two two daughters who are who are alive and and, and kicking. Yeah, one of them I, I know a little bit. Yeah, had an interesting moment. Yeah, Nadarla and Shamala Karbach. Yeah. Anyways, so. Um, so the, he goes to this prison in the 80s, and it, it, it's a women's high-security prison. So all the Jews assemble, Shom Kabach, famous musician, it's going to be great. And he says, yeah, but where, where are the Arabs? And the f- interesting thing is, Rosham was very right-wing, but he loved everything. So, especially in the 80s, when there was a lot of hope for peace through love. So anyways, he says, what about the Arab inmates? He's like, you want Arab terrorists to come to your Jewish... Like, the Jews and the Arabs stayed on different sides. They didn't talk to each other. It's like, all right, you go get him. Someone says, okay. So he has you know, two bodyguards. He goes in. He asks them to come. They say, no, of course. He cajoles them. He schmoozes. He, by the end, he got all of the Arabs you know, standing there a little bit nervous, a little scared. All the Jewish, these Arab women. By the end of the concert, Shlomo had Jews, Arabs, security guards, Mamish dancing and singing together. He had an Arab terrorist translating Hasidic Shatoyda. It was uh, it was Mamish like the Mashiach had come and more. And it's a true story, verified. And it it just shows the power of love to transcend the boundaries of uh, to transcend the boundaries of human beings of our all of our differences. The love that he had in his heart, uh, the love of, of human beings and the love of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, the two were always related, uh, could just, you know, translate, transform people to different people. And so if we get nothing else, because Hashem, we should have, have more stories and Torahs and teachings, and everyone's welcome to share Torahs and stories, but if we get nothing else out of tonight, it's just to, like, try to imagine us being that little light to the world. Us, just every time someone interacts with us, says, wow, that was, that was great. You lit me up. He made me a different person. He, he, he highlighted the good. He looked at my Nakuda Tova, as Rabbi Nachman says. And uh, Mamish, take that Roshlomo into the universe. The world would be a very different place. So we'll sing a Roshlomo Katz song about light.
that came to the Heilig of The Holy Rebbe, who didn't talk much, then could he listen? And he said, Rebbe, Rebbe, my son's so sick. Can the Rebbe please dive in for my son? And the Rebbe said, of course. And he closed his eyes and he dived his heart out for a long time. And he opened his eyes and he said, I'm so sorry, but the gates of heaven are closed. It seems it's been decreed. There's not much hope. You should best go home to your son and spend your last moments with him. And so sadly the man went into his carriage and he went back to see his son. And crying he went off until 30 minutes later. There's another horse, and it's a Rebbe's messenger, saying, stop, the Rebbe needs to speak to you. Says, the Rebbe, what's the Rebbe doing here? He says, please, come back to the grass. And they pull over, and they say, give out. The Rebbe's so sorry. It's true, maybe I couldn't do anything about the decree, but I could have cried with you. So please, let's sit here. Let's hug and let's cry together. Gewalt, gewalt, after. He cried his heart out, the Vorker cried. More tears than even the father, after about 15 minutes. The Rebbe said, quick, get some wine. We need to make a lechayim. And like a good chassid, he had a little bit of wine in the, in the barrel. And they said, why are we making a lechayim? says, don't you understand? The tears of empathy, the tears of care opened up the gates of heaven even deeper than a tefillah. The decree has been rescinded. Your son will live. And Yavad Shlomo Karbach used to go around to the hospitals in 1967 and 1973 and sing and bring koach to the holy chayalim. 
And when he got to a particular soldier, the nurses said, Don't waste your time. There's no hope. But Rav Shlomo said, If I can't save him, at least I can cry with him. And he played some songs and sat there for a long time singing and crying. Until Shmamish the true story, the nurses saw his fingers moving. And there was life, and they didn't give up on him. And a few weeks later, he was living. A little empathy can Mamish save someone's life. Just give one last story and let you guys go. So my good friend Natan Ophir, he wrote a book. And a few years ago, I opened up the book, and this is a story. He's trying to write a critical review of Rav Karlbach's life. The good, the bad, the gray, everything. And Rav Shlomo came to him in a dream. True story. You can ask him. Shlomo said, My whole life I've been only looking at the good in others. Everywhere I go, my job is to bring light, bring empathy. Show the good in people, even if there's not so much light, to light them up with my love. So in this course of that, please judge me favorably. Don't look at the negative, only look at the good. So Hashem should bless us to only look at the good in our friends. To only look at the good in Hashem. To only look at the good in our lives. Kaval, kaval. And the world will be a beautiful place. You guys can go if you have to go. Have a beautiful night. Thank you so much. So much. Hashem, we should play Frisbee together soon. Doble hot not Oh, yeah. Anyway, by the way, there's some Helga soup.